0: Uh, to everyone, download rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. We appreciate all reviews, all stars, especially five of them. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you three times a week. I'm on social at eGiddings10. Mark is at Mark Grandy, Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Uh, I, I do want to revisit Brock Purdy for a little bit here, Mark, because he is he is the man of the show. He is the star of the show today, especially. Um, And his, look, even though Debo Samuel went down, uh, the report from Kyle Shanahan is that it is not expected to be a season ending injury, although the quote was most likely a high ankle sprain, which would keep him up for multiple weeks. Uh, I apologize. Reference Elijah Mitchell earlier it was Trent Williams that I was thinking of that suffered a high ankle sprain for the 49ers against Denver earlier this season. Um, but as far as Brock Perry is concerned, Mark, it wasn't also you know you kind of mentioned that we talked about like his pocket presence or you know awareness being able to go through reads during the play it was also the evasiveness that he showed to me it was also what he was able to do pre-snap and identifying where the football needed to go now he was able to maneuver and operate off script when needed but for example on that 27 yard touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey Christian is out wide on the left side with a defender in front of him that cannot stay in front of him. And immediately Brock Purdy is looking that way and delivers a beautiful back shoulder deep ball that results in a touchdown. I'm also looking at that play where Brandon Ayuk just absolutely burnt um, <laughs> what a the, route. The, the defender for Tampa Bay, last name Dean, first name definitely not James because his feet are not that good. But Brandon Ayuk's feet, however like a little tiptoe Brock Purdy gives him the fake and then goes up top an easy touchdown pass from 32 yards out with 15 seconds left. Now I know it was the play, which was right after of course the phantom interception that was called back, but for Brock Purdy to be able to re lock in after making a mistake and capitalizing on his second chance, that's where you see a veteran quarterback be able to go out at the end of a half and get points and capitalize fully on those points, especially getting a second chance. I just thought Brock Purdy showed not only the be able the ability to, to read a defense before the snap, but also, Mark, on throws 10 or more yards down the field, hmm. it was five of five, 117 yards, two touchdowns in the first half. Like, I I like I I I don't want to denigrate Jimmy Garoppolo, but the ability to throw the ball deep through the air has been kind of a knock on him throughout his career, especially at San Francisco. And Brock Purdy already has one more 20-yard touchdown pass than Jimmy Garoppolo does this season.
1: I was going to bring up the same stats, specifically air yards. So 20 yards through the air down the field, not not catch and run. Yeah, he he had two in this game, Brock Purdy did. Jimmy Garoppolo this season, touchdowns of 20 or more air yards, just one. Again, nothing, not a shot at Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just, like, this should not be something that Brock Purdy is capable of doing. He was, again, a seventh-round pick, one pick away from being undrafted in his first start of his career going up against the, the GOAT, the guy that he's watched his entire life. He was five months old, Brock Purdy was, when Tom Brady was drafted and he's out here making his first start against him and putting up a fantastic game at that. I mean, it's remarkable. It, 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 It doesn't make any sense, Evan. It's hard to really describe because it's, it's so, I don't know, counter to what you would expect. You lose your starting quarterback, Trey Lance at the beginning of the year, you have your starting quarterback from the past handful of years come in and and fit in relatively seamlessly takes a, a, a bit of time to kind of get used to things but then it's just like he never left it, it's just like it was last year and in years before that and he's playing really good football and then he goes down with what is very likely a season ending injury and you think all right well this is the injury that does it for the 49ers you you finally are like all right this is the one we can't recover from we we've recovered from so many other injuries from our original starting quarterback, uh, our our starting cornerback, uh, running back injuries, offensive line injuries, defensive line injuries. But now our second starting quarterback injury of the year, this is the one that gets us. And you kind of lose all hope. And then this guy from Iowa State and Perry, Arizona comes in and plays phenomenal. And it's just the last thing you expect. So it's difficult to to put into words and to try to describe what we're all witnessing because it just, I don't know, it it defies belief. And I'm not saying that his individual performance, you know, just in a vacuum is unbelievable. It's not like he played the best game a quarterback ever has. We're not saying that, but similar to what we talked about last week, expectations for the third overall pick versus expectations for a seventh round pick. When you compare what he's doing at this point, To what the expectations were, there is not a a bigger gap in regards to expectations versus performance across the entire National Football League this year than what we're getting right now from Brock Purdy.
0: Yeah, and of course, that's there's a reason why, it, it, it is kind of a running joke, but there's a reason why the last pick of the draft is called Mr. Irrelevant. Because that pick is irrelevant from the moment that they're chosen by an NFL team. A quarterback, again, before last week, as the last pick in the draft, had never thrown a pass in a game. This was the first time a Mr. Irrelevant had made a start in the NFL. And for him to do what he did, which was in the first half, have a near 150 quarterback rating, is unbelievable. Yep. Like that's the definition of it. So yes, you're right. It's not the, it's just the yeah, 16 of 21 a buck 85. We've seen people do that before, but we've never seen someone from his spot do it. And that's why and I'll, I'll reiterate it. Like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit with this guy because there is something about capturing lightning in a bottle that does apply to the NFL, maybe more so than any other sport, just because of how few games are played and how quickly games can turn. As we saw last week when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, and immediately, like you said, it goes from the season's over to, hey, we might have a chance this season because of Brock Purdy. And so for me, look, I'm not going to expect this kid to immediately waltz the 49ers into the playoffs and do a conference title and to a Super Bowl. But I want to appreciate what we're seeing right now which is something that does not happen in the National Football League. And that's why I feel so happy for Brock Purdy and his family there today who was able to witness him. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think we're seeing his dad when they pan to the stands, tears streaming down his face because he is in disbelief of what his son is doing for a 49ers team that has legitimate playoff hopes now. They're in the driver's seat for that position. And I would go so far as to say today, helping the fan base have belief that this team can not only win a game, but maybe even get to a Super Bowl. That's what I'm seeing from a lot of people right now, Mark. It's unfair to Brock Purdy, but that's the type of energy and magic that he seems to have just injected into this franchise right now.
1: Yeah, I I, I wouldn't go quite that far. I know, I know you're not saying you are. Uh, that's just how people are reacting to this. A lot of people, even on the broadcast, I mean, on if you're watching at home, On Fox, Kevin Burkhardt and and Greg Olson are just fawning over this kid, Brock Purdy, who they seem to to can't make sense, can't explain really why it's happening, doesn't look like a seventh-round rookie. You mentioned his family in the stands. They obviously can't believe it. They obviously were were hoping and praying for something like this, but to see it come true and, and come to fruition, they're obviously stunned. And and they're the biggest believers in Brock Purdy and, than as as anyone is in the entire world. Of course, they're, they're his parents and his family. But even they are shocked and, and have a hard time believing what they're witnessing. Um, And, you know, if if he plays to this level, then this is a 49er team that has a very high ceiling. Of course, when you consider their defense that we already talked about, when you consider the rest of the offense. And, of course, the big question is Debo Samuel. Again, Kyle Shanahan said likely a high ankle sprain. That's good news because it looked like it could have been a season-ending ankle or knee injury and then potentially a season-ending ankle injury. No fracture, says Kyle Shanahan. So obviously a lot is going to to kind of hang on Debo Samuel's ability to recover and and, and return. We need to talk about Christian McCaffrey as well at some point in, in this episode because he was phenomenal. Probably his second-best game as a 49er, besides that trifecta of touchdowns he had against the Rams way back when. He was incredible in this one. Not any individual great performance from past catchers, because as I talked about earlier, Purdy really spread the rock around, and the game was over at halftime, so it kind of just became a a run game for the 49ers in the second half. But, I mean, I'm with you. Um, This is a 49er team whose ceiling was always Super Bowl champions because of their defense. You don't need a ton from their quarterback. So if if this is something that Brock Purdy can do on a relatively consistent basis, they have a good chance. I'm not willing to go quite that far just yet because we've seen one start and, and three quarters, seven total quarters from this guy, and I guess really more like six. He didn't play much of the fourth quarter in this game because he earned – that fourth quarter off, we saw Josh Johnson come in for the first time this year for the 49ers. Um, It's still very early and things can change rapidly, but there's no doubt. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a downer here. There's no doubt that the Niners chances, their outlook right now is much, much, much brighter than it was immediately after, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's injury.
0: Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like we're both trying to get out here is, Whatever you felt like the ceiling was before the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, the ceiling of Brock Purdy feels a lot closer to that than after the injury that Jimmy yes. G sustained. Like I before, agree. you you saw you felt like that ceiling was going to plummet. Now, each and every week, these first two weeks, it has crept very close to what maybe that was going to be. Um look, I, I said after the injury I thought that their Super Bowl chances went out the window with Jimmy Garoppolo. I that's partially because I also didn't think that they would get to the Super Bowl uh with Jimmy. <laughs> but Brock Purdy is is trying to do his damnedest to make me a believer in this team, Mark. And I think that's what he's doing to everyone around the league uh that is looking at this team that once was considered, you know, a, a fear kind of a, a lying, you know, dark horse in the NFC, a team that other teams were looking at, a team like the Minnesota Vikings, for example, which Mark may or may not take a victory lap on later in this episode. Mm. Uh, even the Philadelphia Eagles, who look damn good today. <sighs> but, you know, Dallas could be looking at the 49ers now. Same with the rest of the top three other teams in the NFC outside of San Francisco and saying, look, maybe there is something to this Brock Purdy guy, and we got a reason to still fear San Francisco having to come to our house or us go to their house at some point in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I agreed with you when we were doing this episode a week ago, reacting to the win over the Dolphins and Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. And I think we both thought that this was a team behind their defense and you know behind the coaching of Kyle Shanahan that could still win the NFC West and, and host a playoff game. But that would probably be maybe win one playoff game. Like if if you got the New York Giants, which is looking unlikely now, they're out of the playoffs picture uh, as it stands right now. The Washington Commanders are that last playoff team in the NFC. But a team like that, you know, we wouldn't have been shocked if the Niners pulled out a win there. But you say you get the Cowboys at home in the divisional round. I think that's where we thought the Niners were going to run into problems with Brock Purdy. But after a game like this, You know, that kind of throws that prediction, excuse me, up into the air. And after a game, uh, after Jimmy Garoppolo's injury last week, you know, I kind of, you know, go through my mental Rolodex of, okay, what have I said about this team? What were my predictions? And you probably remember maybe a month ago, two months ago now, a month and a half ago, something like that. My prediction was the Niners are going to be the two seed in the NFC. I did not believe the Minnesota Vikings I've said on here multiple times and I've said it to you way more times off the air. The Minnesota Vikings are fraudulent. Vegas agrees, by the way, because the Detroit Lions were favored over the two lost Minnesota Vikings on Lions Sunday. Lions are a different
0: team at home, Mark.
1: <laughs> and uh, the, the Lions won that game, no problem. It was a little bit hairy towards the end, but the game was never in question. They win 34-23. With how Brock Purdy is playing, with how little I believe in the Minnesota Vikings, Evan, I'm, I'm sticking to that prediction the San Francisco 49ers will enter the NFC playoffs as the two seed in the NFC. And that is potentially important because instead of playing potentially the Dallas Cowboys say they, they struggle a little bit more to close out the regular season. If they could slip to the sixth seed, which isn't out of the question at all, the Niners could, instead of getting the Cowboys in the wild card around could get, a commander's team could get a lion's team instead of a team like the Cowboys. So I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I wanted to check back in on that prediction here after an important week 14 and just say, I'm sticking to that one. I still think the Niners have what it takes to become the two seed in the NFC.
0: Yeah. With the Vikings lost, the Niners are one game back. So yeah. no, they, it is well within reach. Um no, no, to me in the playoffs, it's just all about not being on the Eagles side of the bracket. That's, that's <laughs> really all I, all I want. Yeah.